even in Paul's day, John's day, it wasn't popular to be a Christian. You know, you couldn't wear shirt, t-shirts that said, you know, what would Jesus do and Jesus is my Lord. You know, you, you couldn't walk around like that, yeah. you know, and so uh, you could lose your life. And it's important for us today to realize, especially in Western Christianity, that we have something they didn't have. We have the freedom to express our religion here in America, and I think we take it for granted. Can you pass the test of being a genuine Jesus pursuer? Let's give kind of a definition here as we start our program today here on Mid-South Viewpoint. One who exemplifies the characteristics of Jesus Christ in such a way there's no question about what they believe about Him. Their life and lifestyle reflect their convictions. Number two, one who declares and demonstrates that Jesus is their Savior and Lord. Three, one who is a disciple of Jesus and makes disciples of Jesus. Today, our guest is Dr. Mondonico Williams. He just released a book called Genuine Jesus Pursuer, Becoming a True Follower of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about the book and provide details for a book signing here in Memphis this Saturday at the Crescent Club. But first, let's welcome Dr. Mondonico Williams. Mondonico, how are you doing, my dear brother, in Florida, brother, Sunshine State? <laughs> yes, sir. All is well. It's beautiful and sunny down here in Florida, and the sky is blue with some clouds, and we're just doing well, just excited to be alive and to be able to share what God has given me with the world. Well, congratulations on the release of his brand new book, Genuine Jesus Pursuer, Becoming a True Follower of Jesus Christ. I think it was just released within days. Well, actually released it December 4th, like a soft release. The real official release, since you are a hometown Memphian, when you come to town, to me, that'll be the official release. Exactly. <laughs> and which is what's going to happen on this weekend. You're coming this Easter weekend. You'll be in Memphis Saturday. want to get some details about the book signing. But before we do and we talk more about the book, let's just talk about you growing up in Memphis. Where in town did you grow up? Where did you go to high school? So I grew up in Whitehaven, and uh, the Lord blessed my mom, and we were able to move to Hickory Hill, which at that time was the, the county. I did uh, elementary school in Whitehaven, and I did high school at Kirby High School. So I came out of the class of 1995, so long ago, uh, <laughs> Kirby High School. So, so yeah, that's I grew up in Whitehaven, but... Uh, kind of moved out to the then was the suburbs of the county. You went on to get your Bachelor of Arts at the University of Memphis and continued with education at Mid-America Seminary, and you did your doctrinal work at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. That was kind of the foundation. And then I think when you and I first met, Mondonico was about the time you were about to plant a church called Pursuit. Yes, that was 10 years ago, actually. Has it been um, that long ago? Yeah, it was, it was 2011. One of the first interviews we had was about the church. It was 11 years ago, and that church is still, by the grace of God, going forth. We changed the name to Unashamed Church when we finally got a permanent space, but it was about 11 years ago when we actually first interviewed. So yeah, that church is still going. It's healthy. God is blessing. Well, you married the love of your life, your high school sweetheart, Latasha, back in 1998. What attracted you originally to Latasha? 
her beauty, man. I'm not going to tell you anything spiritual because I didn't know anything spiritual <laughs> about her at the time. <laughs> All I know is she was fine. <laughs> I took, met her my junior year in high school. My sophomore year, I thought I was smart. I took geometry and algebra two at the same time. <laughs> and by God's grace and his sovereignty, I failed algebra two. And so we rekindled our friendship. Second period was Spanish and fourth period was, was algebra two. She was a new girl in school and beautiful to me. Didn't Never thought she would marry me or I was good enough to marry her. But by God's grace, we've been together 27 years. Congratulations. That is beautiful. And God's blessed you with two daughters and a son. Yes, yes. Two daughters and a son. I got one. We've been married 23 years. We've been together 27. We got an 18-year-old. Her birthday is Monday, the 29th. So she's graduated from high school, and we're looking at colleges. And that's another trust in God, you know, yes. make sure we make the right decisions and the right choices on that. And You know, we've trained her and discipled her and taught her what it means to follow Christ. And so now we get to see how well our training See we're the fruits of that. Gotta, we're going to see the fruits. So we're praying and, you know, asking God to hold to his word. You know, we've trained. We've done what we're supposed to do. Now it's up to the Holy Spirit and her allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide her. Her son is a sophomore, and he may be able to graduate. Well, he's able to graduate early next year. Okay. And our youngest is 11, so she's getting ready to go to middle school. They've been enjoying this e-learning down here in Florida. We have two options. We have, you know, in-person or e-learning. So all of our kids are on e-learning. The oldest was in school, but she was like, Dad, I, I can't take it. Let's <laughs> go back to e-learning. It's just too much with these masks and people getting coronavirus. And, and then they do a good job down here in the schools. But, you know, if you if somebody get it in your class, you got to quarantine. Yeah. It's been a rough senior year for her, but she's never experienced a senior year. So it's something definitely to go down in the history books. Oh, my. It's been an adjustment for all of us in so many different ways. Yeah. You're right. Well, you dedicate the book to your wife, Latasha, which I think is appropriate to be able to do that. I want to start, Mondonico, by talking about this verse in Second Corinthians thirteen five, where the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? unless indeed you fail to meet the test. How does one examine their self? Do we check the church records for attendance, giving, and service activity? You know, I think that's the worst record to check, because if you look historically at the church records as far as membership, most people that are members of church probably shouldn't be uh, biblical members. In order to be a member of a church, you need to be regenerated, born again. This book was really written based off what John says in First John. Basically, he's writing to believers. You know, Paul had planted this church in Ephesus, and he's writing to these people in Ephesus. And John is basically telling them, look, this is how you're supposed to live. You know, it's funny. People think that if we go to church, if we do all of these things, it's more than, than that. You know, it's more than a church attendance. It's more than given in all of these things that we're told, I guess one of the most interesting texts to me in the Bible is um, Matthew chapter 7. One of the things that, you know, even as a, as a preacher, that draws me closer to examining my own heart and myself is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, where he says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy uh, in your name and cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name. 
And Jesus says this in verse 23, I will then declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. But I think one of the things that help us understand how, if we are truly following Christ, is what Jesus says in, in verse 21 of chapter 7. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter to the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father. Well, how do you do the will? Well, you got to read his word, study his word. And I think a pastor, preacher, a disciple, those are important in examining your heart and examining the scriptures to, to see exactly what your life is it lining up to the scriptures. And so I love what Paul says to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, examine your heart, you know, or pay careful attention to the hearts. And then he says he wants them to pay attention to the the sheep that God himself had purchased with his own blood. And so I think looking at your heart, uh, because we, we know when we're not walking, you know, especially if you've been in church or you've been saved, the Holy Spirit will convict you when, when you're not doing right. He will let you know when you're off. And, and I think it's us paying attention to what Jesus says. The Holy Spirit will, you know, bring those things back to our remembrance. He'll, he'll convict us of sin. So I think it's yielding to what the Holy Spirit is leading us to. I think one of the problems we have, and I, I talk about this in the book, there are a lot of what I call pseudo-Christians, people that resemble or imitate. Before we go there, I want to go back to something else. When you mentioned the reference to Ephesians, I think there's some parallels that we could maybe draw into today's world to that time in Ephesus when Paul was writing these words, especially when it comes to the the world of idolatry, because yeah. uh, in Paul's day, when he wrote to the church there, it wasn't an easy time to live out one's Christian faith. There was no nominal Christianity. I mean, if you were going to stand for Christ, you were going to make a bold stand, or you would really make no stand. Right, right, right. And you know, and that, and that's important because one of the things Paul also t- in, in Acts twenty, what he tells the Ephesian elders, he says, "Listen, not only protect yourselves, your heart, and the sheep, because the reason I want you to do that is because." There's going to be some fierce wolves that, you know, he doesn't say they're going to come from without. They're going to come from within. And and so not only did we have to protect the sheep from things that were happening outside, but, but also what was happening inside the church. And even in Paul's day, John's day, it wasn't popular to be a Christian. You know, you couldn't wear shirt, T-shirts that says, you know, what would Jesus do and Jesus is my Lord. You know, you, you couldn't walk around like that, yeah. you know, and so— uh, you could lose your life. And it's important for us today to realize, especially in Western Christianity, that we have something they didn't have. We have the freedom to express our religion here in America, and I think we take it for granted. We do take it for granted. And I think it's sad that when you talk about these false prophets and these false teaching that has seeped into our churches, Mondonico, how have we allowed this to filter into our church leadership roles today? I think one of the things that has happened is, you know, if you can preach good, if you can, I was was looking at a documentary uh, TV show, and it was about a famous singer. That singer's dad was the pastor, but the way they portrayed his life was so disappointing to me. And, And the guy could really preach. Here's the deception. People think false prophets and false teaching is Jesus is saying Jesus is not Lord or Jesus is not God or things that are obvious. But yeah. We don't think about that guy that 
can preach Jesus but not live Jesus. Right. That, that can have the the knowledge of the word but deny the power. We don't think about the guy that, that lies and cheats and steals. You know, we, we know about the guy that may be sleeping around or stealing money or pornography and all of these things. And sometimes people can get trapped in those things, but I'm saying habitual sin. I'm saying like you're parking there, you're waving the white flag, you, you, you continue in sin. And, you know, when we talk about continuing in sin, you know, in Romans 6, Paul says, shall we continue in sin? The grace abound. God forbids us to do that. And so now, we're not talking about making a mistake. We're talking about guys that continue to do it. And I think because they do it so long, and people are not aware of what the scriptures calls for. They're, they don't even know themselves. People yes. are are biblically illiterate. You know, it's like biblically famished as it relates to understanding God's word. You know, their minds are not renewed to the fact that there has to be change in your life. And, and because somebody can preach or they can explain a text, or in churches I grew up in, they can hoop. You know, they can carry a tune. You know, it's. I think people miss. The, the true essence of Christ yes. is, is dying to yourself. You right. know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's living sacrificially. It's it's beating your flesh, as Paul says. Uh, you know, I, I beat my body unless I preach to you and myself be a castaway. And we know we can't lose our salvation, but, you know, there's some theological things that that text talks about that you know, we don't have time to cover. But essence of it is, as a, as a man of God, as one who heralds the gospel, I got to continuously preach to myself from the text, examine my heart, and model that. And I don't think yes. we're that oh, in, our, in our world. Well, as you mentioned, these pseudo-Christians, and especially in America, anywhere there has been a historical gospel presence from what they know about Jesus and what is true about Jesus, uh, why is it that these two things don't often match up? Well, I think anywhere that you've had a historical presence of the gospel, if it's not modeled right, you can at some point drop the ball. I mean, we see and we see this kind of pattern of behavior with the Israelites. You know, they do right. You know, a generation will walk with God, and somebody will drop the ball, not disciple, not tell them. And, you know, they get evil, then God had, you know, God uh, allowed them to go into some kind of punishment or captivity, and then they would, 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 they would repent. And I think what happens is we get the wrong models, and so people imitate Jesus for whatever, you know, you know, maybe maybe it's for the the fortune and the fame, you know. Um but the the problem is you become what you behold. Yes. And if you're in the church and your pastor is not preaching the full gospel, the whole counsel, and you may not know, you know, how to really walk. And most people are too lazy to read the Bible. You know, one of the things I've done is read the I start I started reading the Bible years ago through and through. I tell you, if you just do that, there's a lot of things the Holy Spirit can convict you on, you know, and, and I don't think that people really take time to examine the scriptures. And, you know, in church, what has happened is we say, pastors have said this for years, hey, why don't you tell your friends to come here? So basically, the only way you can learn about Jesus, the only way you can come to the knowledge of Jesus, even get saved, is if you come to our church. No, why don't I train you? Because that's what, you know, Ephesians talks about, talks about equipping the saints and training them for the ministry. You know, that's the pastor's job, to equip the saints to go out. So if we teach our people how to study the Word, how how to pray, how to do those disciplines, and teach them how to disciple people, I think people will 
become true Christians. And I think that's where we're dropping the ball. I think it's a discipleship issue. Yeah. And so you have these genuine, I mean, you have these pseudo-Christians who are not genuine Jesus pursuers, and, and you know, they're fake, and they, they, they're phony, you know, and they just get in, and they, they go with the crowd. And it's very dangerous. Yes. It's dangerous for the church, and it's dangerous for not only the church, but it's for themselves, because if they die, and they find out they really weren't Jesus pursuers, the consequences are yes. Well, Mondonico, something else that you talk about in the book, and I think it's important that we talk about this for a moment, and that is important for us to know who we're following. As you say in the book, Jesus didn't magically appear on earth when he was born to Mary. He existed in the very beginning. He preexisted. Jesus did not become God. He has always been God. Can you help us understand a little bit more about this? Yeah, so I was listening again. I was, you know, I was looking at this this TV series on this particular singer and their father, and he kept saying this as they show clips of him preaching. Um, when God created Jesus, when God created Jesus, and I'm saying, here's a guy packing the house out that did not have a fundamental understanding that Jesus was not created. Uh, he, he he was not. Uh, created uh, in, in Colossians one fifteen, the Bible says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation. And, and I go into kind of detail, which is kind of heavy theologic, you know, some heavy the- theology. But in, in 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 simple terms, that Greek word refers to time and not status. So it's not like because I'm the firstborn of my mom's three sons, my mom and dad, I'm the firstborn. That's not what it's. That's not what it talks about when it talks about uh, Jesus. Uh, it's not talking that he's the the firstborn, like physically, but it has to do with uh, place and status. And so, you know, the text teaches us in Colossians that you know he's the preeminent. You know, so he's second to none. And so, when Mary had Jesus, he wasn't just born then you know the bible says in the beginning in john 1 and 1 was the word the word was god and the word was with god and and so jesus is god he existed eternally uh with god and i like to say it like this you know when jesus came to the earth it was just god in the flesh who borrowed mary's body had the holy spirit put him in there and he was born 100 percent man, but also he was 100% God. So he didn't lose any of those attributes as God, but he was also a man and with no mixture. And so it's important for people to understand and read read the text, um, especially like like I said, John 1, 1 through 3, where it teaches that, that, that Jesus was there. Even in Genesis 1, 26, where God says, let us make man in our image, you know. So there's plenty of scriptures that talk about Jesus pre-existing and not just being born. And I think that's one of the fundamentals of the faith that we, we must understand once you are, you know, a believer. And I wrote this book so that people that did not believe would believe yes. and kind of understand, you know, who we're following. So we're not just following a man, we're following the man who was also God, and no one has ever... Oh been man and God at the same time, other than Jesus. Well-spoken, Mondonico, very well-spoken. Well, I remember the late Adrian Rogers referring to cafeteria Christianity as those who say, I'll have Christ as my Savior, but no lordship today. Thank you. What's the problem of people wanting Jesus as their Savior, 
but not as Lord of Her Lies. And in reference to Adrian Rogers, he wasn't condoning that. He was saying that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's a serious problem. Jesus is not a buff. You know, Christianity coming to Christ is not like a buffet. Um, I, I was on Facebook. A classmate of mine said he had a problem with a scripture. Uh, and I think it was First Corinthians, and he's like, this is my problem with the Bible. And what I had to explain to him is, you don't have a problem with the Bible. You have a problem in the way in which man has interpreted it. And and the problem with so many people is, we'll take Jesus as our get-out-of-hell-free card. I, uh, I accepted him as my Savior, so now I don't go to hell, but I don't want him as my boss. Like, you can't have Jesus as your get-out-of-hell-free card and he not boss you around, you know, like you can't come to my job or we can't go out to FedEx and be like, Hey, we want to check, but we don't want to do any work. Or we don't want to do what the boss tells us. <laughs> that don't, yeah. that don't fly. They'll no. send you out the door with it. That's right. I, I don't even know if they'll send you with a pink slip, but they'll send you out of the door. <laughs> so, so, so you, you can't only in Christianity have we, and this goes back to the false teachings. We've made people think that Jesus you can come down and you can repeat a prayer and you and and Jesus don't have to be the Lord of your life, but Jesus has to be the Lord, which means he's the boss of you. He's he's controlling you. So you're no longer on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. And, you know, it's important that, you know, we mature to those to, to, to that understanding that Jesus does not want to just be our savior. He wants to be our savior and our Lord. He wants to bring us back to God, and he wants to tell us how we should live our lives. And so he says, if you don't take your cross up, if you don't bear your cross, you can't, you can't reign with me. You can't, you can't be a Christian if you don't carry your cross. And so carrying your cross means work. And I'm not talking about work salvation. I'm saying working against your flesh, because when Jesus is your Lord, there's some things that my flesh want to do that I just can't do. You yes. know, there are some places that I want to go that my, my flesh want to go that as Jesus being my Lord, I just can't go. Those are some things that my flesh want to do that as Jesus is my Lord, I just can't allow my flesh to do. And so uh, it's so important that he's not only your savior, he not only brings you back to God, but he also controls us. Oh. And I think that's one of the things we're missing. Jesus has to control us. He has to control us, Mondonico. That's so true. Well, uh, there's so much more in the book. You're going to have to get a copy to get the complete picture Mondonico, you talk about the healthy balance between too much and too little confidence as it relates to our relationship with God. I love the stories you share about the Brazilian elections in 80 and the uh, 1912 sinking of the Titanic. You state what genuine Jesus pursuer, the confidence that they should have being grounded in, in God's character, how important testimonies are in our life as Jesus pursuers. We don't have a lot of time. The time is slipping away. But in school, you were often bullied for being taller than your classmates. And your mom <laughs> was a wise woman. And she told you when you'd come home from school and say, hey, mom, they're talking about me, about my height. And she would always say, son, the best advertisement is free advertisement. Yeah. Now, what did you ultimately learn that your mom was trying to teach you about that? Well, what she was saying is when people talk about you, basically what you're doing is getting free advertisement. I didn't understand that. You know, I was like, well, this ain't a Frosted Flake com you know, commercial. <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking for something philosophical. 
tell me how to beat these guys up. And so <laughs> test them. <laughs> she, she didn't, you know, she, my mom was very, very wise woman. And so this free advertisement is, is what, you know, she was saying, because, you know, being a kid and taller than everybody else and then having the name like Mondonico, which, you know, most of the kids couldn't pronounce, people knew Mondonico because, you know, people were talking about the tall kid, the one that, supposed to be in the fourth grade or you know <laughs> he's in the yep. second grade but wasn't true and so i think if we give jesus that kind of advertisement our te- from our testimony it's very and i talk about this in the book about how when jesus really changed your life and, and we see this in the example of a samaritan woman when jesus really changes your life it's hard not to talk about him. You know, it's hard not to, Apple don't have to do many commercials on iPhones. You know, people sell those for them, you know, and and there's a lot of things. uh, I was, I was talking to a guy. He told me he worked at a a Lexus dealership and I was like, man, that must be interesting. He said, yeah, man, they sell themselves, you know, because people see and they talk about the longevity of that car and how the maintenance, if you keep the maintenance, how you can run them into the ground and, you know, you can run them forever. And so I think it's important for us to share our testimony because in sharing, it reminds us of what Jesus did for us. It reminds us who's saving Lord, but it also helps other people understand what Jesus did in our life before we knew him and how being a part of the family of God has, has been a blessing to us. The book is called Genuine Jesus Pursuer, Becoming a True Follower of Jesus Christ by Dr. Mondonico Williams. Mondonico, how can listeners get a copy of your book? Now, you're going to be this Saturday at the Crescent Club for a book signing, I believe. I'm going to be at the Crescent Club on the ninth floor, 6075 Poplar Avenue. From 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., I I realize we are still in the middle of the pandemic if Wearing a mask is the comfortable thing for you. Please do. I just ask people to uh, think about others more than yourself, you know, and we'll leave it at that. But we'll be there to take pictures. We'll sign the books. Every book that is purchased that day, we'll sign them. We'll take pictures. You can also get an autographed copy on my website at Mondonico Williams. That's M-O-N-D-O-N-I-C-O-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S.com. Or you can get it on Amazon. The one thing I really need is people going to Goodreads and just reviewing it, letting people know that the book is out there and how it was a blessing and how did it draw you back to Jesus. And you know, I wrote it for it to be a tool to draw people to Jesus and to help people who are disciple makers make disciples. Madonico, God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you for what you continue to do for Christ's kingdom to encourage the church to be genuine Jesus pursuers. I appreciate you being our guest today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.